Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, David Katowski. David, I would love for you to talk about how you took your experiences at Merrill, where you ended up logging nine years, including five of those years, as I mentioned, as a senior vice president, and then took all the subsequent experiences that you had in finance, whether it was at UBS Payne Weber or in private equity, VC, or at another financial services firm that you helped to co-found. And then in 2005, started pivoting back to your first love, back into the sports world. How did you leverage all of those transferable skills and experiences and make it work for you as a job and a moneymaker? Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I I always loved sports. So when I was doing everything that I had to do on Wall Street and making a career on Wall Street, the sports were kind of playing a backseat. My kids were young at the time. I was starting to coach them in sports and see them come up and through. I have three girls who all played sports and they played sports all through high school and college. So started coaching them and started getting more involved in, in what they were doing. And really, when I was looking to make a shift into the sports world, something fell in my lap. And it's just one of those things where it's you know, you have to be in the right spot at the right time. And it's something about opportunities that opportunities will present themselves, but you must be ready for the opportunity. And the opportunity that presented itself to me was something that I was going to absolutely love to do. And I got asked to be the interim president for the Long Island Lizards of Major League Lacrosse. So not only had I played in the league, but now I was being asked to become the president for one of the original six teams that started the league. It was a great opportunity for me to take the skills that I had learned in business, the passion that I had for sports and putting that all together into one team. You mentioned that you began to think about leaving Merrill. There are plenty of people who end up working at Merrill their whole lives. What was it about you that kind of got you thinking, I want to move to something else? For me, it was a little bit of burnout, to be honest, because I was both a professional sales manager for Merrill Lynch 
And I was a sales manager for the Long Island district, which was a big district, but I was also running my own book of business. So I was burning the candle at both ends and it was tough. So I got a little burnt out. I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted to just take a step back and say, well, maybe it's time for me to go out on my own and and do my own thing. And that's exactly what I did. You founded Elevate Sports and Marketing as a consulting firm with a focus on sports and entertaining, and it includes revenue generation, marketing, capital funding, reorg, M&A, and you founded the Lacrosse Business Network. Why did you do that? And did you see it as a risk when you did that? Well, this gets back to Thomas Watson again. When I was at Hong Kong Shanghai Bank, I was thinking about going back to law school. Law school was something I had always thought about. I thought I would always be a good lawyer. Maybe I could get into becoming an agent as a lawyer. And it was something that I was thinking about. And at the time, I went back to Mr. Watson to get advice. And he said, come see me. And so I went up to his offices. He had a huge office with a huge desk. And he slid an envelope across the desk to me. And he said, go ahead, open that up. And I opened it up. And it was on his personal stationery. And it said, law school's paid for. Congratulations. And I was blown away. I was taken back. I I didn't even know how to react. I said, I'm not sure what to say. And he said, say, thank you. It worked out well for you last time. So obviously I said, thank you. And he said, but this one has two strings attached. The two strings are you have to do this for some other kid down the road. And the other thing is you have to convince me on why you want to be an attorney. So I said, okay. And he said, go. And so I went into my spiel on why I wanted to be an attorney for about 10 minutes. And I finished. And he said, give me the envelope back. And I gave him the envelope back. And he said, you don't want to go to law school. You just don't want to work at Hong Kong Shanghai Bank anymore. And there's a big difference. When you love something, you run towards it. Don't run away from it. And so he said, you're running away from Wall Street right now, it's not like you're running towards becoming a lawyer. I think you need to find a better spot in finance where you're better fitted because being a lawyer, I don't really think is what you want to do. And now it really, it crushed me. It it sent me on a high when he told me that it was paid for, but then it put me on a low and I was kind of walking out of his office with my tail between my legs. And he said, there are times when you're going to be on the ladder of life and you have no idea how to get up to the next rung. That's when you have to have faith. You have to let go of the ladder, reach up to the next rung. And when you reach up, someone's going to pull you up. And when that person pulls you up and you get up to the next rung, the next thing you do is you reach down below you and you pull someone else up from behind. And I said to him, I said, it's basically, it's this ladder of life that you're telling me. And it's that it's giving back. And that's the power of giving back. Sitting behind me, there's the 10th anniversary edition of Inside Lacrosse Magazine. And basically, it's written about me. And the title of the article is Paying It Forward. And that's something that I've done my entire life is taking what Thomas Watson Jr. basically did for me. And I've been trying to do that every day of my life going forward. Yeah, I'm just looking at the additional section on your resume. CEO and founder of Team Elevate since 2008, volunteer as Santa Claus, former co-president of the Friends of Brown Lacrosse, interviewer for Brown University, head girls lacrosse coach, former board of directors, Long Island Metropolitan Lacrosse Foundation, and on and on and on. It's so interesting to me, Dave, that you 
look back on Mr. Watson's basically, I'm going to use a strong word here, but reneging, revoking the offer to pay for you to go to to law school as having been a gift. Absolute gift. One of the best things he could have ever done to me. When you have a mentor that knows you and a mentor who is not afraid to tell you the truth, you hit gold. That's the thing. You don't want a yes person who's just going to basically appease you and tell you things because that's what you want to hear. And in his case, he told me something that I knew in the back of my head, but I just wasn't seeing it clear enough. It's interesting. Okay. You talk about the back of your head. Another place that we often get that feeling is in our gut, right? It's our intuition that is telling us something, but then we use our brains to try to talk ourselves out of it. And you were so fortunate to have Mr. Watson to basically send you packing. And is that what inspired you to found Elevate? Team Elevate is a girls travel lacrosse program that we've been running since 2008. And it it wasn't something that we had any visions of saying, let's get into girls travel lacrosse. It was my daughter needed a team. She was playing for a travel team. It was very unorganized. It wasn't run well. So everyone asked me, said, listen, can you start a team? So we started with one team. And then two years later, we added our second team. Then we added a third team. And and then we just kept on adding teams as we went. And we have some of the best players in the country playing who all came out of our program, who are now captains of their college teams. That's something that I love. It's a way to give back to that next generation and get them to use lacrosse as a tool to help them get into amazing colleges. So beautiful. And I'm really glad you told that story. I was actually alluding to the business, Elevate Sports and Marketing. Was that the inspiration then or just the kick in the pants you needed to no, found it? No, it was a little it. bit of inspiration. And, and I, I was saying to myself, I'm like, I love sports so much. How do I get into this? How do I start consulting? And my first consulting gig that was really the, the big one, which kind of launched it, was I got hired by Charles Wong, who was the CEO and chairman of the New York Islanders. But Charles Wong was also the founder of Computer Associates, and that's what he was really known for. And the Islanders, he bought the Islanders and took over the team, and he hired me as a consultant to come in and basically look at everything that they were doing, top-down approach, nothing to do with hockey, only to do with business. And that was my first big-time consulting gig that I had, and it was fantastic. And one of the things that you did while you were working for Mr. Wong was to develop the New York Islanders Business Club. And Another you grew it. Group. There you go. You grew it to include over 400 companies. There's somebody I interviewed. It's actually almost a couple of years ago now. His name is Steve Rimland. He is not just an award-winning, like platinum award-winning musician, composer, songwriter, and serial entrepreneur. And he was a prodigy as a child in music and had someone at Yale University, he grew up in New Haven, say to him, who was a professor of music and was kind of tutoring Steve. He said, Steve, there are only 12 notes. It's how you arrange them that makes the music. Do you feel like that's what you've been doing? With your networking, as you move through your career, just rearranging those notes? 
Yeah. I mean, it's just been a matter of, I think that's a great analogy, by the way, because it's just been taking different aspects. And even with National Network of Accountants, I could play a role in anything and anywhere. So within that mode of that networking, it was always a matter of no matter what networking you were doing, whether you were networking through Brown, networking through accountants, networking in the sports industry, it was always that network. And to me, all network is, it's a giant team. It's one big team. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.